everybody, and welcome to another episode of Quarter Life Crisis, the podcast. I am your co-host, Kiana Zara. And I am Tiana Coker. Today's episode is super special because we're having our first guest. Yes, joining us today is celebrity dancer and choreographer, Devin Daniels. So here we have Mr. Devin. Devin, how are you? You know... Great. We're, we're alive. We're breathing. Absolutely. So, Dev, do you want to give a little background as to how we all know each other? Like how you met me and obviously how you met Kiana. And also a little bit about yourself. So, yeah, um, I'm originally from Chicago, northwest suburb called Des Plaines. What's crazy is that growing up, I never really got into dance, never really trained in a studio or anything like that. Um, and then I joined a club within my high school. It's called Orcasis. And for the most part, it was like, all oh, just for like shits and giggles. And just like, you know, if like jocks like had an off season from like a sport, they would do it and just like do like funny dances, this and that. But the year that I joined, they finally started allowing like guys to do like the hip hop pieces. So then I did it and fell in love, wanted more, came back next year, did it again. So then when I went to university, first thing that ran through my mind was like, I have to find a dance club, right? And so lucky enough, I had one. So I joined it, fell in love again, met some friends, introduced me to LA. And then that's just where it all kind of took off from there. Um, moved out here summer of 2013, I want to say. And just kind of went with it. Started training with professionals, um, teachers, other dancers, all that. And, you know, once you get signed with an agent, you start going to auditions which led me to Tiana. Um, she had a dance audition for, funny enough, it was for one music video and I ended up not booking that specific one, but she loved me enough, of course, like how could she not? <laughs> um, but she brought me in for her second music video. I don't wanna say her actual second music video, but the one that was right after what the audition was for. And ever since then just like bonded relationship just developed and you know it's been like two and a half going on three years now at this point so yeah it's been a crazy wild exciting experience with many ups and downs but it's it's been a blast love that i love that That's i love awesome. that all right so since you kind of said that you know we met from an audition and obviously bonded throughout the years my first question for you is, do you find it easier to work with friends or do you think that sometimes it can cause distractions and you actually prefer to walk into a setting where you don't know most of the people? It's <sighs> a great question. And I think it kind of goes both ways, just depending on who you're with friend-wise and also what maybe the job is it's always great working with friends, you know, it's always going to be a good time. It's always going to be fun, laughs, all that stuff. I think just with, with those types of situations, you know, sometimes you find yourself, let's say you have someone that's a close friend, that's an assistant. And sometimes they might get a little too comfortable. They might start getting a little lazy just because they, they know that nothing's going to happen to them because they're your friend and you're always going to keep them around no matter if they mess up, if they, have off days, whatnot. Um, so that kind of goes like back and forth. Like it could be good and it can be bad. Now, when you go into a situation where you don't really know anyone in the room, 
I think that's also like a very great experience because it puts you in a situation where you need to pull up regardless, you know, like even if they're not as talented as you or you don't really know who they are or even if they are more talented, um, you always want to show your best self to someone new just to, you know, have that remembrance. They remember you for the great work that you put out regardless of the personal connection because at the end of the day when it comes to jobs the personal connection isn't really what you're there for you're there to do the work you're there to do what you're getting paid for all the other stuff happens outside of the, uh outside of the room so yeah i guess it just it just depends it depends how how business-minded someone is and how just how professional someone is at the end of the day that's awesome that's so important yeah because building connections and having your close friends is one thing but at the end of the day when you're doing your craft when you've got to get a job done it's important to have that mindset which is awesome um my question is for the other choreographers or dancers out there looking for direction like what is a really good piece of advice you can give to anybody who wants to get to where you are now like um when you were beginning and maybe a little bit lost and confused if you were figuring it all out What's just a really good piece of advice to give to people who are in your position? Um, well, from my experience specifically, I would say to chase after your dream, no matter what it is, and give your fullest potential that you can give. Because for me specifically, I started very late, especially in the pro- professional aspect. I didn't start professionally training and getting into industry and even knowing what the industry was until I was about 19, 20. So I was already behind a lot, a lot of people. And I didn't really have time to just kind of like scope it out, just see what works, what doesn't. I kind of just had to like dive in, figure it out, figure out what works and what doesn't, but like without hesitation. And if it's something that you love, I feel like naturally that's just what you're gonna wanna do is just give it your all while also having fun. But you know, you take it to like a certain level of seriousness because it's a passion and you never want to lose that. So I'd say always, always give it your all, no matter what. And you, because you never know who's watching. You never know who might see what you're doing, even if they're not there presently in that moment. People talk. Well, I'm glad you said that, Dev, because I think we can all agree that LA, well, the industry in general, the entertainment industry, most especially LA, is very small. So regardless if you're in the dance or music or acting industry everybody knows each other and everybody talks so one thing that i am always interested about especially when it comes to dancers is your creative process so dev i know you've obviously been to a couple of listening sessions of mine you've obviously like seen my creative process when it comes to writing how would you say that differs to when you are choreographing a piece for an artist because obviously you've worked with a bunch of different people like me when I walk into the studio I hear the beat then I kind of I listen to it a couple times and then I top line over it and then I eventually write over it so what would you say your process is for coming up with something that's tailor-made for the artist I like that question yeah that's a that's a very great question and I actually think that you know, there are differences, but there aren't as many as you think. Um, Like you said, you go in and you listen to the beat first and then you write over it. 
I think that's how it is for a dancer too. A big thing that catches a dancer's ear is a beat. You know, at the end of the day, dancers move to a beat. Yes, they'll move to lyrics too, but they'll, the beat is what really gets it for them. Now, the beat might catch them, but then it's what the lyrics are saying that then develops the emotion or might develop the character. So I think for me, it's that those are like the first two steps is finding out the beat, what the, what the vibe is going to be style wise. And then once you start listening to the lyrics, it's like, okay, well, what emotion do I want to put behind it? Is it, is it a very aggressive, angry, emotional, or is it a very happy, like jumpy dance around in a party type vibe? Um, so yeah, I'll listen to the song. Like, on repeat sometimes for days straight before I even like start developing choreography you're getting an idea of what I want to do other times it does come a lot quicker um but for the most part like I'll listen to it over and over again and then I like to like freestyle almost first and then see what naturally comes out not like a force like it needs to be discount it needs to be on here this and that I may like a certain flow or a cer certain musicality but I like to feel what naturally comes out of my body first. So yeah, I'll just kind of freestyle, let the music play over and over. And then from there, kind of piece it all together with what I like and what I envision the artist doing, whether it's certain moments where they tap in with the choreo with the other dancers, or, you know, if there's a moment where they just need to have engagement with the audience or just have a moment to hit certain vocals and the dancers just have their moment to really shine because you know not not every artist can dance the same so that's a big part of also developing choreography is you know matching the artist vibe at the end of the day when you're choreographing for an artist they're first and foremost the dancers don't like dancers matter for sure I, I never want to say that but the most important person in that situation is the artist so like you want to build off of them you know you don't want to build the artist off of the dancers because whose song is it at the end of the day, you know? So yeah, I'd say it's typically how I go about it. And then, like I said too, you know, it just depends on the song. It depends on the artist. It depends on if you have a certain concept that you're given to, then, you know, you have to go a certain way about that as well. But yeah, I'd say it's pretty much my, my way of going about it. I think me and Tiana as songwriters also not only artists can like relate to that, that if we were writing for someone else or doing a project with someone else, you know, you have to learn about their style, who they are and like make that the centerpiece of the project. So that kind of goes in perfectly to my next question. So do you find it easier to choreograph to certain genres, artists or songs or again, not so much? Well, of course, of course, you know, I mean, just like a, just like a singing artist, you know, you have, you have your style that naturally just comes out of you. So for, for a dancer, there's a certain style or, you know, there's a certain genre of music that you naturally gravitate to. So like, I'm more of a hip hop, pop, jazz, funk type of dancer. So if someone presents me with a country song, it's going to be a lot more difficult for me to come up with something to, as opposed to someone that's a, a huge pop star, you know, the, the music's very different. I'm, I gravitate to that type of music more than the other. And when I hear that music, naturally, my body will start moving 
the way it wants to, as opposed to other types of songs that I don't, I'm not used to. All right. So every podcast, we basically end with a segment we call our red flag and white <laughs> segment where we ask, well, we ask ourselves, like we have a topic, for example, studio sessions. What would you say is a red flag in a studio session? What's a green light? So I want to know when it comes to a job, like walking into set or walking into rehearsal, what would you say is your red flag? Like do not do. And what is your green light? Like absolutely 100% you should be doing. Yes. I'd say a big red flag when it comes to being around other dancers is, is just a very big ego that doesn't know how to tone down. Um, everyone has a larger than life personality. We're all artists. We're all emoters. We're all very expressive people, no matter if you're even, you know, in musician world, in acting world, like there's always going to be someone that is just very full of themselves and not saying that that diminishes their talent or not, but regardless of talent, it can really throw other people off just because it's very like in your face. So I feel like for, for me, that's a very, very big turnoff because at the end of the day, if we're all here on the same job, we're all great. So like if you walk into a room and someone feels the need to make it known that they're better than you or better than everyone else or needs to always be almost like a kiss ass and try and like suck up to be like in a certain spot or in a certain formation. It just really kills the vibe and makes you, makes it not as enjoyable. Yeah. And you, you, it, it sticks with someone, you know, and it may not really be who someone is. It just might come out naturally when they're in front of a certain choreographer or in front of a certain artist, they want to be seen a certain type of way. But in reality, it's, it's really off putting to a lot of people. And it just, it, it sticks with them. So, you know, you like, you might see them, let's say, even if it's just like a class, you might see them again. You're like, oh, I don't even want to dance next to them because I already know what their energy is like. And speaking of energy, like energy is a huge, huge thing. So like, whether it's that or like a negative, just like, oh, I can't believe we're doing this again. I can't believe we're doing this again. Like, it's just, oh, well, I don't even want to be next to you or I don't want to be around you because you're not putting that on other people to make them not enjoy it just for your own reasons. And that's, that's not fun. Um, yeah, exactly. I feel like we relate to that so much in like studio sessions or like when you're writing with other artists or working with any other producer, like I, I've been there and it's like, it's like, calm down. We're all, we're all doing the same project. We're all getting paid the same. Like it ain't that deep. Like, <laughs> but um, I also wanted to ask this red flag green light in regards to, I know you're signed and you do a lot of projects. So other dancers and choreographers out there who might be listening, that might be curious, like, oh, I'm looking to do the same thing as him, or I'm lo looking to like be where he is. What is a red flag or green light you can give them in regards to like getting signed, like things that you have to look out for or things that you really actually thought were green lights that, oh, you know what, this is a company I want to work with. This is who I want to work with. Like, in regards to where you went, like the direction you went in your career, what is like something you could like give them or tell them that to look out for maybe? I would say a huge thing is just when you find yourself in a situation where you're very much trying to please someone else as opposed to pleasing yourself, get out. At the end of the day, art isn't about pleasing someone else. If it pleases other people, amazing but you need to be happy with it first and foremost. 
So if you find yourself in a situation where you're just trying to make someone else happy, you just want to make someone feel like they're special and not feeling that way about yourself as well with your art, then either get around different people, get around different choreographers, get around just a different situation because it's going to make it more enjoyable. It's going to make it more lighthearted and more fun. You know, at the end of the day, we chose this career and this art because it's fun and we're talented at it. But at the end of the day, it's fun, you know? Yeah. But what we do isn't work, you know what I mean? Like mentally in a sense. So I, I feel that. That's basically it. I mean, obviously, like me being the artist, like I, I and Devin knows this about me, like I hate like hierarchy I don't like being superior to anybody and so I obviously like treating everybody the same you know I whenever I have people on set I think everybody should be treated the same way I should be treated so I try and make sure that everybody is obviously being fed the same thing you know have access to the same thing you know if they need a break sit down if they want water you know what I mean um but like stop it it's very very rare it's very rare yeah the problem is that in in this industry whether you're like a list or b list or like forget the list but whatever job you have it can be in a sense where like i've heard horror stories where people go into like you know a, a music video shoot and like the artist is literally like controlling them saying they can't even eat or drink water and like changing everything last minute and i'm like well, that's not okay. Like artists shouldn't, like you're, like what I love when I met you and when I learned that, cause I never knew about like getting dancers and doing live shows. Cause I, I'm, I was um, later to the game than Tiana in regards to going more professional. Um, but when I heard, like when I saw your dynamic and I saw like, like all of the work you guys do together, like it's just so cool to see how you guys are close and your friends, but also like you, like you create like insane dances for T and like you guys perform so well on stage. Like it's insane to see that dynamic. So I was really curious about it. And I was so curious about our discussion and learning more from you. Cause like I said, I've just started like getting to know you and it's really cool that we were able to have you on this episode. Yeah, and I, I, I appreciate that. And I appreciate you having me and even like piggybacking off of that. It's like, you just have to be careful. Because it's like a lot of a lot of like you said, the A list ones that you that are your faves, all the big names, you know, they're you only see them in the art form. And when you when you start tapping into the industry, and like I was saying earlier in this in this talk, like, word spreads fast and it that's not just about the dancers you know sometimes it, it's about the artists themselves and creates a barrier of like not wanting to work with certain people because of stories you've heard just about how you're being treated regardless of how talented you are regardless of how long you've worked with them regardless of how long you have even been doing your art in general they don't know that and they don't care and they think that you're just another body there so have that respect for yourself to know like you deserve to be in a better situation or you deserve to be treated better and there are artists out there who will treat you better and treat you as another artist and not just another body out there yeah piggybacking off of that i mean i it's no 
it's no secret that obviously I am close to my team. I'm close to obviously you guys, my dancers. And I, I don't even like saying that. Like, you know, I, I call you guys my friends because you are like genuinely we have a relationship outside of set, outside of rehearsal, outside of the recording studio. We have that relationship. And, you know, obviously getting to know you, Joe, Haley, Nicole, Mary, you know, over like the past few years and just hearing things about how it's so rare even for like artists to like know like basically your name let alone your birthday right i am so thankful that you were able to come on the show thank you for being our first guest yes thank you for having me i'm so happy the to be here well, thank you guys for tuning into this episode of Quarter Life Crisis, the podcast. Make sure you guys go follow us at Quarter Life Crisis, the podcast on Instagram. And please be sure to follow our special guest on Instagram as well. His Instagram is at dubs underscore D's. That's D-U-B-S underscore D-double-E-Z. Yeah.